We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. It is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you in the dead of night on Wednesday morning. Uh, May 26, just moments after the Dallas Mavericks defeated the Los Angeles Clippers 127 to 121. Holy shit, Josh. Holy shit. Holy shit. I don't know what to do. Let's <laughs> let's talk. Um, I guess I want to just stay right off the bat. I just tweeted this, but I feel like this has to be said because I feel like this sums up a lot. And we're obviously going to get more into the details. But game one, the Mavericks outscored the Clippers at the three-point line by 18 points in a 10-point win. Game two, the Mavericks outscored the Clippers at the three-point line by 15 points in a game six win. I said after game one, and I think I kind of insinuated it on Twitter and in posts and, and, and in our Slack, that I was like, you know, the Mavericks probably had their best three-point shooting game of the series in game one, so expect things to get a little tighter and, you know, the, the numbers, just the regret, you know, the natural regression might lead to the Mavericks dropping game two. And holy shit, <laughs> they shot 53% from three. They made 18 threes. I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's, 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 it's starting. There's obviously tangible reasons, but man, it is starting to feel like fate. Uh, this series, like it just, it, it feels like a predetermined result uh, after these first two games. Well, the first half was probably one of the wildest offensive halves that we will ever see. The The first thing that jumps to mind is this is is it was Kings Mavericks um, where the Mavericks hung 80 points on the Kings. It must have been. I was way at back. that game. So the, just the way the points were going in and the Mavericks scored uh, 70. What is it? They scored 71 without without free throws like it was it was bananas they and shot 67 percent in the first half and we're losing 
<laughs> it's I mean, a crazy game. Like I, I'm going to have to watch this game two or three times to entirely <laughs> understand what happened because if we kind of get to like the base stats, the Mavericks shot 58% from now, 59% from the floor, 53% from the field, and 54% from the free throw oh line. While also turning it over 11 times and the turnovers that they had, Luka Doncic's turnovers were horrifying. And yet there were just so many things that really rolled the Mavericks way at like a key time. And I, I just don't, I don't remember feeling this way in a game at any point in the last decade. I really, really don't. Not since I've been kind of involved doing Mavs stuff because that game was pins and needles. You know, the Clippers cut it to five. There was that really, really bad Josh Richardson offensive foul where he got the steal and just kind of, he pushed it too hard. He's a left-handed player going on the right side of the floor. And he, he did, it was an offensive foul. Like I'm, I'm not entirely sure what he was thinking there. And then the Clippers cut it to five really quickly after that. And that felt like the Mavericks of, of, you know, that we've kind of gotten used to that where they just crumble. And for the second straight game after getting punched in the mouth, they didn't. And there's a lot of numbers that go into this, obviously the three point shooting, but the way the Mavericks broke at the right time and the way the Clippers just weren't able to capitalize on Mavericks mistakes. Like, I don't know what to do with this. I, I mean, Paul George and Patrick Beverly are both really, really, really good three point shooters and they combined to go two of 10 from three mm. in a six point game. I mean, there's stuff like that where it's like, you just, I mean, how much have we read from really smart people around the league that note that break down these numbers and watch the game really close about, you know, the variance of three-point shooting? And, and we're, we're seeing it a little bit in the series. But even then, I mean, the Mavericks missed so many free throws. I mean, this wasn't a close – this shouldn't have been a close game. I mean, this should have been like a 12-point game. Like, they shouldn't have swept this game out uh, with the free throws. I mean, they should have had it, had it pretty, had it pretty uh, tight down the stretch there. Um, but <laughs> it's just crazy. You know, that you think the game is, is sputtering out of control and then, you know, the, the Clippers have barely doubled Luca all night. And then they kind of finally do because they're, they're tired. They're petrified of the Patrick Beverly switch that they were giving up so easy, uh, you know, sc- screening Kawhi off Luca to get Beverly on, on Luca tor- in the fourth quarter. They finally doubled on that. And then Tim Hardaway Jr. Basically makes the, the dagger three. Uh, which, you know, his shot making has been ridiculous. I mean, I'm probably going off onto another tangent because he he probably deserves a podcast of his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. gonna, I mean, I, I I tweeted out the gif of of I can't remember the guy's the character's name and in, in Breaking Bad of him just lying on the stacks of money. And that's Tim Hardaway. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it it's just been an unreal stretch. And I really think about some of the things that he talked about on, on JJ Reddick's podcast about how like Reddick has kind of helped change his mindset with how he approaches makes. And he talked about going eight of 12 on that podcast. Well, tonight he was nine of 14. He had five assists. The assists that he made were just some great plays and the Mavericks escaped a game. You know, Dorian Finney Smith was so important last game. And even tonight he had a game that was not bad. It was kind of more like a regular season Dorian game where he chips in here from there, but he missed all kinds of shots. Um, I just, I don't, uh, Josh, I don't understand how they won this. They had one, two, three, four, five. They had six players with at least uh, two assists. Mm. They had one, two, three, four, five. Actually, they had six players with at least three assists. Well, um, and what do we do? Very well. 
What do we do with this Porzingis game? So he was 20 points, 8 of 12 from the floor, only four boards. He also had three uh, three steals and two blocks. He played much better defense in the second half. but Much better. Much um, better in comparison to the first half, which yes, was which just was... like, he, you know, it was like he was a turnstile. And they just, you know, Kawhi was kind of in, in his bag. So I'm, I'm, it's really tough to, you know, Kawhi's a hard guy to guard. So, I, you know, I, I normally like to kick. Chris Stapps in the knees, but it was there's just some questionable decision making from him, and yet he was that that late game dunk that he got again, uh, cutting off of the corner, which was not a thing he was doing earlier in the season, and no. just that sort of little evolution is making is going to make such a big difference. I know he probably still isn't very happy about his touches, like he posted up a few times and didn't get the ball, but I really felt his his activity was better um not marginally better but enough i mean 20 points is not nothing i mean he was three of what he's four of 14 and tonight he's eight of 12 like that's his contributions were kind of the difference in the game yeah and i think so the thing about this game that i think was really interesting from christophs and compared to games in the regular season for the last two years and what looked really different tonight and even compared to the playoffs last year because obviously like in the playoffs last year he was like in the three games he played he was a different player than he is now. I mean, he was, you know, the Mavericks were, he was a true second star in terms of like, he was generating offense on his own, uh, you know, give him the ball clear out and he was making plays against switches, all that stuff. Uh, he's a different player this season. I don't know if that's because of the math system, how, what's going on. If it's, you know, another knee surgery that he just hasn't been able to get full speed, whatever the reason he's obviously, he's not that guy uh, that he was in the playoffs in the bubble last year. But the thing that was so interesting, I think, about this game uh, was that I didn't see any prolonged stretches where the Mavericks kind of stopped what they were doing and tried to get KP going uh, from the sense of, like, getting out of their style of play to placate KP and to try to force-feed him touches, force-feed him shots, and try to, you know, quote-unquote, get him going. We've seen that numerous times this season where the Mavericks' offense is going well, and then for about a five or six minute stretch, they look like uh, doo doo dog butt because they just slow everything down. They try to post up KP or they try to get him on a switch, and and things just don't look good because that's just not how the Mavericks play. I mean, they you know I know Luca. It's a heliocentric offense with Luca, but a lot of guys do touch the ball and move it. Uh, it, it is not as isolation heavy as maybe like the Rockets, even though it is getting a little you know at times it can get a little close to that. So I don't I didn't see a stretch of that. And it was a lot of, you know, KP didn't get a lot of touches and a lot of shots, but he also they also didn't drag down the offense to try to make sure that he he got as many shots as he wanted. Like it was kind of like he got his twelve his eight makes or his twelve shots, his twenty points, all felt like it was in the flow of the offense, coming off of off ball action, coming off of Luca creation, other guys making the extra pass. And I think that's huge. And yeah, it's maybe that maybe isn't as important as, or maybe it's not as good as, you know, being able to have a credible second player that you can give the ball to clear out and be like, go get us something. Cause we need it. Cause things are struggling. Yeah. He's not doing that, but I don't know if he has that left in him with the way he's been playing this season. And this is good. Like th- if they can, if they, I don't know how he feels about it, obviously, but if they can do this, this is a winning formula with, the way the state of his game right now yes the clippers are an incredibly tough matchup for him um yeah 
any other group because I mean Kawhi was once again on him. Like Kawhi did not guard Luca near as much as is was advertised, which was interesting. And KP, you know, KP did what he did, and he was it mattered. And I'm happy. And maybe it'll say, matter more. I, I would like for him to work a little harder on the boards. Like him getting boxed out is starting yeah, to really bad. drive me crazy. Um, that's an effort thing, but he starts flying around now and again, and it's just like, man, there's that athleticism. There, there's that thing. And I, mean, I just I would like to see more of it. Yeah, eight of twelve. And you got I think what seven of the eight were probably assisted. I mean, mm-hmm. I gotta say most of them were assisted. Yeah. And that's that's how they have to use him this year because it's clear when they've slowed the offense down to be like, okay, it's KP time. Uh that is <laughs> that has not worked. Uh and obviously they they try to do that because he's paid 160 million dollars or whatever it is, and, and you want to get more out of him. So yeah, maybe. He's not necessarily playing up to his contract with a night like tonight, uh, but it's a hell of a lot better than what they get before. And I'll take it because it's contributing to winning basketball and it doesn't like they're still the Mavs. And, and maybe that's uh, that sucks that sometimes KP just feels like another guy in the in the cog as the wheel keeps turning. But we've seen the results uh, and they speak for themselves. Well, so the one thing I would like your kind of opinion on, because I think you watched the game with a more tactical eye than I did. Like, I was just a nervous wreck most of that game. Um, <laughs> Lucas scored 39 with seven and seven, oh, but also had yeah. seven turnovers. Yep. And I, I, I'm interested in sort of your take on what the Clippers decided to do differently with him, because they did not double him until very late. And then they honestly, they fouled him, but they just, you know, they're not going to call a foul on a late trap at the top of the key, that sort of thing. But I really thought they just they they really left their men on an island, and Luca probably could have had fifty. He should have. He he missed a couple of shots that were really bunnies. But I mean, what what were? Can you kind of walk us through what they did differently? Yeah, I think they did what I thought they wouldn't do, which is uh, I was wondering if they were going to overcorrect their defensive strategy after game one and get way too scared of the role players killing them and abandon doubling Luca as hard as they did. Uh, in game one and Mm -hmm. maybe stick to the role guys more and and kind of do what the Mavs did to Kawhi and just give him single coverage, close off his passing lanes and just kind of let Luca do what he does in one-on-one coverage in terms of scoring the basketball. Uh, So they kind of did that. But the the problem is the Mavs role players still made shots. Um, Tim Murray Jr. made six threes. Cleveland was two of two. You know, Kristaps was three of four. Um, I don't know what the Clippers were doing. Like it it almost – they, they seem surprised that 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 Kleba like the Kleba shots early on rattled them. They um, were not they were not a te- like you would think if you're gonna guard Luca at, with a one on one kind of coverage that they would be close. You know the benefit of that is supposed to be okay. Well, we're closer to our guys and we're not we're gonna be able to rotate better uh, when the ball gets passed out uh, if Luca does drive. But the, like that wasn't there. Like they were so sloppy. Uh, on the weak side rotations for the fact that they weren't doubling like you could have like some of the shots the Mavericks were getting from spot up three you would almost think that those came from Luka double teams but they weren't they weren't they were kind of you know Luka driving you know normal driving kicks or or Luka in single coverage and swinging the ball around like it it was very surprising to see how poor the Clippers defense was after kind of Luka made his first initial pass other than some of the turnovers he had but I feel like some of the turnovers were Luka just being Kind of very weird. he was like wanting it, i don't want to call him assist hunting but a few of them he passed two clippers that were in his line of sight yeah and i i it was 
you know, there was like the turnover at Maxi there at the end where he had a floater and it's just, he didn't have any legs in his shot. Like that was, he was exhausted. And then there were, there were earlier ones in the first half where it's just, he was looking for passes to the corner and they were overplaying them. Yeah. And I think that they're going to have it. to watch, they're going to have to watch film on this and show him that, and, and show him that if, if that's there, he needs to shoot. Like he probably wasn't super thrilled with the fact that he took 29 shots. I mean, if, if we're looking at this, he took 16 shots in two point range, which is probably like, that's gotta be close to a season high for him. And, but if they're going to give him that particularly the ones that are like 10 foot and in, he has to take them. I mean, he, he, he missed five free throws. You know, he, he's probably going to be very critical of his own game, despite putting up some kind of big time numbers, but it, it, this game, if we're looking at it from the thing, the, the kind of mistakes that he made, like Luca specifically, uh, the game would have been over if he would have corrected two mistakes. You know, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, it's really wild to think about it like this, because I'm still with you that the three point shooting is just the outlier in this. And Tron Lou is giving quotes in post game where he's talking about how easy it is to come in and shoot off the road, which let me tell you, that's some horse shit. But his his point is that, like, you know, sometimes hot shooting is hot shooting and he's not wrong. Um but the kind of shots that they're giving up are pretty wild. Yeah. And I, to, to, I don't want to get, uh, I just want to finish off your, your Luca point. The Clippers did it again, kind of Luca was two of seven in the fourth quarter. Uh, mm-hmm. He had another somewhat for him, a subpar fourth quarter and they still lost. Like now this time the Mavericks built up a little bit of a lead. So I think that helped, you know, last in game one, the Mavericks still outscored the Clippers in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Clippers outscored the Mavericks by three this time. So Luca's bad quarter didn't come to bite them just because they played so well in the third. But like, it's just crazy. The Clippers seem to be getting, in a broad sense, it seems like they're getting what they want and the Mavericks are just beating that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that goes to the brilliance uh, of the shot making around him, the brilliance uh, of Luca being able to kind of manipulate the game to his will. Uh, and I guess that's how you get it. 2-0 series lead against a really talented team. Man, I just I'm so overwhelmed <laughs> with how cool that was. Um yeah. oh hey, Patrick Mahomes is at the game apparently and was shaking hands with Luke after the game. As was Dirk. We didn't even touch on this. Like Dirk yeah, was Dirk. at the game and seemed to be having a great ass time, which was really funny. Um, I wonder what yeah. he how he felt of Luca's one-on-one post one-legged fade uh, against God, that one over Kawhi. I, we should do a post just on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was one of the prettiest shots he's ever made. And just it was gorgeous. so funny because he was on a like, I know it was one-on-one coverage, but it was like super, like it was, it was the angle of the TV cameras made it. So it looked like they were just mm-hmm. playing one-on-one in a park. Uh, yeah. Like no well, one was even around them. Uh, it, was, it was just a cool shot. Cool I moment. mean, the, 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 I don't want to call the refereeing bad. It was very inconsistent at, at points to where Kawhi was getting stuff in the first half that he didn't get in the second half. And then the Mavericks just weren't getting body calls um, that I, I just didn't understand. Like that overturned call for Tim Hardaway there at the end, like that's a bad overturned call. Like, I don't care. They had his hand on the ball first. Like he went through Hardaway. Like eh. sometimes I just don't understand NBA refing, and, and it, it just made it, you know, I'm, I'm glad that the refing didn't matter. I'm glad that the free throws didn't matter. Cause I would hate to have to come into this and talk about the free throws. Cause the Mavericks shot 45% or, you know, like 54% from, from free throw. Thank goodness for Josh Richardson uh, boosting the percentage above 50%. It was right. 
just man so and before so, those free throw you know the Mavericks shot 24 free throws the clippers shot 20 uh mm-hmm. and i think richardson's four four free throw attempts were the kind of garbage you know the, the end of game have to foul so i mean they were almost even with free throws which is really funny because the mavs had none uh, in yeah. the in the first half yeah oh man so is there anything else that we need to hit on that we're you know we'll probably talk more you know with the nice part about these two days because you know, the maps play again on friday um as we get a little bit of time to digest before having to roll stuff back out and talk some more i'm sure um you know jordan and i had a nice conversation last night um because you know jordan Burdess, one of our writers obviously really smart really good thinker about basketball um i think we'll probably hit on some more things it's it's just when you, you and I were talking before this and it's like, I, I had no idea what to say. And you're like, there's so much we can say. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm looking back at our notes here. You know, we, we really should mention Willie Colley Stein giving them very active minutes. Like yeah. Extremely had, important and active minutes. He had more rebounds than Kristaps in almost half the minutes. I mean, yeah, that's huge. That's something. He finished yeah. all of his plays around the rim. He got some nice uh, deflections. They didn't necessarily yeah. resort in turnovers, but they kind of stymied the offense for the Clippers a little bit. Yeah, uh, he did. He did his job. He did what he was mm-hmm. asked to do in 15 minutes. And this is where the plus minus in 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 game plus minus is mm-hmm. weird because yeah, he was a minus three, but he he had a good impact on the game. Yeah, I was glad to see. Like Brunson powered through a pretty rough start to finish four of seven mm-hmm. with. Three points, or I'm sorry, with the nine points, three rebounds, and three assists, just just enough. They're getting just enough from these guys, and you know, like like because Porzingis played another really good game, or you know, played a, a good enough game that allowed them to withstand Dorian just not being able to hit the broadside of a barn. Yeah. So, um, man, uh, I want to, you know, and I think a big part. Of, I'm going to write about this when we get off when we get off this pod. Uh, but I guess I can. We should. I can kind of talk about what what I'm going to write about now is just about how stark the difference is between last season's playoffs and this season, and how the Clippers' big men are affecting or not mm-hmm. affecting Luca. Uh, I mean, Zubak was a reason the Clippers won that series last season because for yes. whatever reason he he stonewalled Luca at the rim. Uh, they played a drop coverage and. If we, you know, we remember last season, Luca, he was all threes and all rim, and Zubak took away the rim, and Luca's mid-range floater game was not as nearly developed as it is this season. And holy crap, are we seeing the fruits of his off-season work right now? Yeah, because he is making Zubak unplayable. I mean, the guy played 19 minutes last game. He played 22 minutes in game game two. I mean, he's the Clippers' best, you know, rebounder and rim protector. And Luca's basically making him playable. He had two points and six rebounds in 22 minutes. He's a he's a non-factor, uh, and his screening game is important for. It's really good, Leonard and George, because Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, they still had great nights, individual nights offensively, but you know, they don't have a downhill uh, slasher or you know huge create you know creator you know. Uh, true point guard type guy like George and Leonard are, are are good passers for their position, but they are not, you know, they're not point guards. Uh, and Patrick Beverly and Reggie Jackson, those guys aren't necessarily, you know, true, what you call floor general type point guards. So, you know, Zubox screening helps get guys open. They don't run a lot of pick and rolls, but Zubox can screen off the ball to free up shooters. Like the fact that Luca is playing him off, basically making him a, a big minus, is such a huge turnaround from from last season. I mean, I was looking at some of the numbers. I'm going to put it in the stat, but I believe 
you know, Luca, when Zubak was on the floor in the playoffs last year, Luca was shooting around 40, 43%. Uh, and that number is like well above 55 now. Uh, and that's, that's also part, you know, in addition to three point shooting, that's, that's part of it. Luca is making the Clippers pay and that drop coverage with Zubak and they have to go small. And when they go small, they don't have a rim protector and that makes things easier for all the role play. Like it's a cascading effect that I feel like the Mavericks just kind of have an answer for everything. And, and that's, yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. That is so crazy. I did. Just, I, I wasn't expecting it to this degree of, of a two-zero series lead. I thought that it could happen in terms of like maybe a six or seven-game series win. Obviously, there's a lot of series left, but two-zero. Uh, that is that is something. Man, man. <laughs> and now I'm just sitting here laughing because Porzingis is giving post-game quotes and how he's talking about how he's confused about the protocols, which is why he got the fine. And it's like, come on, man. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> He must have saw LeBron that LeBron story and was like, "Oh, okay, then I guess this dude, like, dude, it's 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 LeBron, man. It's you're not well, LeBron." You know, in the Slack right now, Jordan just po- pointed out that that you know Leonard and Paul George scored sixty nine points on on some re- like north of sixty percent shooting between the yeah. two of them, and the Clippers lost. Like that's just some banana. Like I just, I man, I. I'm going to be thinking about this game. This is going to be a playoff game we talk about for years, you know? Mm-hmm. Years. Oh, my gosh. I, I just can't get over a six-point win, and they outscored the I mean, they outscored the Clippers by 15th through three-point line. I mean, I know that's a broken record, but that's crazy. I mean, the yeah. Mavericks shot 52% on 34 attempts from three. Like, that's – if they shot 35%, which would be like, okay. Like, well, and we watched lose, them shoot they like lose crap the game. for a significant part of the season. These yeah. same shots just didn't go down. I mean, this is just how variance works. And maybe it'll come back south for the Mavericks at some point. But, you know, for now, yeah, let's the, just ride it high. Yeah, and if the Clippers <laughs> don't feel like getting out to these shooters, maybe it won't. Good Lord. They're, they, <sighs> what my last thought is, I tweeted it earlier, uh, the Clippers very much remind me of the 2011 Lakers in terms mm. of energy, body language, the way they're playing. Uh, it very, very, very much feels like that. It feels like a, they, they look like a team that just does not look like they want to play together anymore. Nope. And now they're coming back from a heck of a hole. Yep. All right, guys. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We've been on Mavs Moneyball After Dark. You need to come to our site uh, early and often. We'll be posting stuff. Uh, for those of you who like to listen to The Locker Room, I'll be sharing that sometime on Wednesday afternoon. I'm going to go record it now. Everybody have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you guys on Friday night. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.